0: Okay, I love that go button. Hi, everyone. This is Faye from Face World Media. I am here today with my lovely guest, Ifat Cohen. And uh, I am so thrilled to introduce her to you guys. So let me just briefly introduce uh, Ifat. And we'll get started. Again, the name pronunciation, correct me if I'm wrong. It's Ifat.
1: Yeah, pretty good.
0: Pretty good. Okay, that's good. So You are an entrepreneur and you run an engagement marketing business that helps entrepreneurs establish trust instantly with their prospects. And uh, you've been running your business for over 11 years. You do Krav Maga, which I'm a huge fan (laughs) of martial arts, Taekwondo in particular, we're going to geek out on that. And you love geeky things, cook spicy food. And it's a traveler, adventurer, but also one who loves uh, your sleep. So do I. It's so funny. I just watched a YouTube video right before this about waking up at five in the morning. So I guess we'll both disagree no. <laughs> with that. Strong coffee. Um, and uh, quickly, on your, a little bit on your background, but there's so much to explore today. Uh, you are one of the first 100 people to be invited to Google+. And you have built your entire brand um, with one show on one platform that most people didn't even care about. And so, you know what, I think that that is incredible. Some of the things that we're going to talk about today is that we will not shy away from money. So um, I hope money won't turn you off. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for us to lay the groundwork and and to be able to you know talk to each other about not only how to start your business, how to grow your business, uh, but also you're somebody who is about three to five years in, a little bit more experience trying to, Really focus on, again, you know, sort of the balance of their business, their personal life, but trying to, you know, make more money so to create more freedom. So let's get started, Ifat. Yay, let's do it. Let's do it. Ta-dum-dum. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, so please, I love the fact that you connect to your channels. I want to take this opportunity for you to share a bit of your origin stories. I know that sometimes people hesitate to ask. I am an immigrant as well, a Chinese immigrant, and I moved here when I was 17. That was 22 years ago. And um, I know that you're from Israel. So please tell us a bit about your origin and what was the transition, transition like for you?
1: Yeah, uh, so born uh, in Jerusalem um then my parents decided to start a tiny little village and I was one of the first kids over there and the joke was that you know a good fence is a fence that keeps everybody out and he fought in because I was troublemaker and uh so I grew up in the Jordan Valley tiny 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 village like 40 families so when you say like we heard what you did last night We actually heard what you did last night, that tiny. And then I went to a boarding school in Jerusalem for three years. And then I went to the Air Force, did my two and plus years in the Air Force. Then I went and uh, I worked in the border between Gaza, Israel and Egypt, kind of like a security position, made some money, went backpacking in South America for like eight months, came back to Israel, got a job, got a house, got a car, got a thing. And then my cousin sent me an email and said, if you ever want to come to the States, you can stay with me. And mm-hmm. I said, great. I'll be there in two weeks. And she said, hey, do minute." <laughs> I said, Okay. She said, I'm going to Austin. I'm like, fine. I'll come to Austin. Uh, <clears throat> years later. Uh, ta-dam.
0: Wow. <laughs> so how, when was that? When did you come here?
1: I got here in 98. I went to UT. Um. I majored in Spanish and business only because people were like, well, you like Spanish. I'm like, yeah, I do. Okay. So (laughs) I did that. And then uh, I started, I, so actually during my college years, I was working in a startup and it was me, the owner and an operation guy. And Mm -hmm. so I did everything. I did the sales. I did the accounting. I did the website. I did the fulfill everything. And the um, the operation guy was like, you know, if you get run over by a bus, we're screwed. And I was like, what if I want to take a vacation? Like, why do we have to go on the, <laughs> the bad side that I'm dead, right? right? And he's like, okay, well, he started bringing in people for me to train them on each one of the things that I was doing. 12 people later, I was fired. And I was like, hmm okay, thank you. <laughs> now mm-hmm. I know I can build a company and I'll never build it for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey.
0: And this was still when you are in college. I was in college.
1: This, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I got fired and I was like, thanks. I'm going a semester abroad in Buenos Aires. That was mm-hmm. my last semester. Um, and then I came back and Google Plus launched. <laughs> Timing, wow. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Wow. So the, I mean, I'm going to just like stay on the origin story a bit longer, because uh, I, in just one minute, I guess I heard a lot of things that I had an, no exposure, no experience, and I was never part of the military. And I know that perhaps is a requirement for, for yeah. men and women in Israel. Yes. I mean, I think that was widely understood. It's In a way, I think it helps that you're not alone, and you've seen your, hopefully, your relatives, other men, women, and joining the, the the workforce the army um but did you have any excitement was it fear was a doubt any doubts towards being part of military no because
1: like you said right everybody mm-hmm. goes there and so the conversation usually around your senior year of high school is like which division you go you're gonna go to are you yeah. gonna be a fighter are you gonna be you know like what you're gonna do um mm-hmm. That was the time when I realized that my father doesn't know everything.
0: How about you? shattered
1: my world because because I wanted to become a journalist. Mm -hmm. And my dad, it's very interesting, right? Like you never realized how your parents see the world until you grow out of it. And you go like, oh, wow, interesting. Um, So I want to be a journalist. And in high school, I wanted to go and apply. And my dad was like, no, 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 don't do that. Because if you fail that, then you will close all the other opportunities that you have in front of you.
0: Mm.
1: no idea why you said that because I don't now. I don't think it's true, but
0: no, it's not.
1: yeah. Right. But, but now, but then I was like, huh, okay. So I didn't apply. And then I ended up in the air force. I didn't want to be in the air force. I wanted to be something fighting, you know,
0: on the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. Uh But now it's very interesting because I know you wanted to be protective, but I was like, wow, I didn't realize how protective he was. Mm. Kind of like don't do this. This might happen. Don't do this. This might happen.
0: Right. Um, right. I actually spent a lot of time thinking about that, even like yesterday or earlier today about uh, even being in my 20s and certainly teenage years. But, uh, you know, since late teens, uh, in my 20s, I obviously spent most of that time here. And my parents, surprisingly, especially my mom, uh, was very oftentimes very concerned, afraid of a lot of the decisions I was making. And I thought somehow that I was alone. This is a whole Asian parents like tiger mom sort of deal, but It does. It does sound like, you know, perhaps do you think your parents had similar feelings, perhaps because you were, you know, you were in a different country uh, by yourself, uh, most likely you think they they kind of their anxiety increased as a result of that.
1: Um, You know, it's funny, because when I was right after the military, I went backpacking in South America and I took a one way ticket and I was like, Mm-hmm. I'll just see what happens. And it was the days before phones and cameras, anything, right? Anything. So I had to actually call my parents once a week, uh, usually collect because I was a backpacker. And uh, and in one of the calls, my dad was like, jokingly, of course, oh, come on, you're calling us too much.
0: Uh-huh. And I
1: was like, Okay. So I didn't call for a month Uh and, and then I called back. He's like, what the hell are you? I'm like, you said, don't call. You know, like you're like, (laughs) at your age, I was fine. I was traveling, you know, why are you calling all the time? Okay. So I, you know, I don't know. My dad is kind of like, he's expected me to be very independent. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that is kind of like why I am who I am today. Kind of like figure things out at your age. I already knew how to do this and that. Mm. Um, and and he, I know he cares, but it's kind of like if I show her that I care and she'll be so close, then I failed as a father who to give her the independence and all that stuff. So it's
0: uh, Yeah, interesting. Do you have any siblings, Ifa?
1: Yeah, I'm the, I'm the oldest. Sure. I have three sisters and two brothers.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they, at least the attention is split, whereas for me, I'm an only child. So <laughs> it's just, oh. There's a lot of attention on this is like the one shot my parents got. Um, but it I'm going to something happens to you. That's it. The, the, the I know that's it. Weird. And I think it's crazy because a lot of um, people, my generation were born as an only child and a lot of people are so curious about it and how we grew up. Are we all selfish and stupid or something? And, and are you it, selfish,
1: it, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. a lot of people think that's what, uh, you know, kids like, you know, growing up an only child as an only child i think when i speak to my american friends it is a very strange feeling when or uh, or a sensation when they are themselves like an only child but to us is absolutely normalized and now there are definitely more, if people are watching and interested, there are definitely, uh, you know, people are now raising multiple children, typically one or two. Okay. <laughs> now you have the permission to raise two children in the city, and most parents would choose to have only one just because uh, it's really expensive. But, um, wow, this is so incredible because we caught up, you know, not a few days ago, and right. I had no idea any of this ever happened to you. So I would love to kind of shine a spotlight on some of the things you're you're working on and um please tell us about you know the various projects and perhaps one of the things you're focusing on right now
1: <laughs> yeah so you know it's very interesting i was uh, like you know one of the first to jump into google plus and the first mm-hmm. one to do live streaming and everything and i was so like I built my entire brand with one show on a platform that most people couldn't care less about, right? Mm -hmm. And it was because of the engagement and the conversation that I had with people. And during that time, I had the hardest time convincing the world that video is such a fantastic platform, (laughs) that live video, you know, people can bond over it. It'll be fantastic.
0: Right now, guys say hi. Yeah.
1: Right? And so thanks covid Finally, everybody's like, oh, man, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins just said, uh, I used to reach 15,000 people in my live events, and now I reach a million at once. You know, so it's like it's huge for everyone, right? For connection, for, mm-hmm. for sharing, for all that stuff. And so we have two problems. One, everybody's coming online, mm-hmm. Right. And everybody's trying to be an expert. And now we don't trust things anymore because everybody's online and everything can be manipulated. And, you know, it's just tough. And so people who are coming online are trying to figure out well, how do I monetize this? Right. Mm. And we have coaching, which is growing pretty big. We have uh, content, we have courses that are growing pretty big, right? Mm -hmm. And the challenge is each one of these markets is extremely saturated. Because if right now you're coming in and you're like, well, I'm going to do a course. Well, Mm -hmm. good luck, because all the information is already on YouTube and Udemy and Quora, right? So it's going to take you forever to start the course, build the course, find your uniqueness, try to convince people to buy it and all that stuff not saying there's no value in it. I just want Mm -hmm. people to understand that it's not an overnight success like they make you think, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think for me, that's the biggest challenge. It's kind of like, look, all you need is Mm -hmm. a book. Really? All Mm -hmm. you need is this little, really? You're just a funnel away, are you? You know, so right now, we're kind of like at this time with the internet where it's saturated. A lot of people are coming in Stuff that worked five years ago doesn't work anymore, especially for podcasters, right? Like mm. those who started five years ago have a huge advantage over those mm. who are just starting out now. Uh, so it's way harder. And so what's the, what, what can we do, <laughs> right? Mm. And so I remember Grant Cardone what, uh, talking to Louis Howes about Underground Billionaire, the show that he was on. And they took him and they put him in the boondocks, like some city with 22% unemployment in Texas and said, you have 90 days to build a business. And Grant was like, if there's anything we don't need is more businesses, more businesses, more bars and more restaurants. We don't need more Mm -hmm. hair salons. We don't need more massage therapists. We have 35 million businesses in the US. Two thirds of them are failing. So if you want to succeed, go into this business, those businesses, figure out how you can add value Mm. and that will be so much faster and so much easier and so much more valuable. And so I was like, okay, so what can we do? Like, how can we add value to like, what is the friction that people need right now? And because there's so many experts coming online and because there's such a demand for content, one thing that we can really help people with, with is what I call activating their expert gene. Mm-hmm. And you know this because, A, you're an expert.
0: i <laughs> <And, laughs> oh, learning maybe, every day.
1: What, that's what an expert does, right? They're mm-hmm. not like, I know everything already. It's like, there's always more to learn. But when you're an expert about something, you're geeking out over it. Like, you know mm-hmm. everything. Like you with, you know, podcasting, you know everything.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what happens there and what's the statistics and what's the latest, uh, you know, software. I saw you sharing a review about Descript and Recut. Mm -hmm. right like how many people compare different softwares right if someone comes to you and go like hey i want to start a podcast you'll be like okay here's what you need right and here's what to avoid because you know all these things the Mm -hmm. problem is most experts when they talk about their expertise with their friends and family like i did with my google plus people were like okay enough already i don't care about google (laughs) plus leave me with my twitter and stuff Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: when you come online it's kind of like vanilla Right? Like, I don't want to offend anyone and I don't know what to talk about and I don't know what to put out there. And so nothing works for them. But if they're talking to someone who activates their gene, who is like geeking out with them about the stuff that they really care about, all of a sudden the energy changes. The, you know, you're getting into a state of flow. You lose track of time because you're like so into what you're talking about. And that's really what's missing for these experts. It's like someone who will come in and be like, you're brilliant. Let's bring out your brilliance and mm-hmm. take that and turn that into content. And that's a huge friction that is really in high demand. Very uh, few people, sorry, know actual, actually how to activate that gene. Oops, I don't know why my thing. Sorry, my bad. My yeah. phone was
0: there. No um, problem. So the, I think there are two parts for people to understand. Here is one that you have to understand what your expertise, well, you you number one, you should know what your expertise already is. And you have to be able to activate that and attract the right people, right? I think that's kind of the two-part equation. Well, there's a
1: challenge, right? Because we mm. can't really activate it on our own, right? Like you can't, mm. unless you're like super, okay, so there's two channels, right? Even if you're like really, really comfortable with a motionless camera, you don't know what, how your message lands, right? Mm-hmm. You might say something to, to the camera thinking that you're, extra clear and then the person hearing it going like huh what Mm -hmm. she mean by that right and if you don't have someone with you that kind of like to see the reaction get the immediate feedback that like okay my message is not landing then it becomes a trial and error right let me put all this content on there and but let's put some money behind it and let's see how people react and then if they like Mm -hmm. this one we'll do more of that one Mm -hmm. right but if you're doing it the same way you and I are doing it just exactly what just, ha- exactly what just happened. You are like, wait a second. There are two things. Let me make sure you're talking yeah, about it. Like like-
0: yeah, exactly. What is this about? And if people, anybody's watching have questions for uh, Ifat, please drop us a note anywhere you are. I would appreciate that. Can answer them live. That'd be really interesting. Please continue. Um, yeah, so, so the,
1: what, what just happened between us? I was mm. wrapping on and you're like, wait a second. I think I'm hearing this. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Now, imagine you were not there. I would be just like blah 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 blah. That blah
0: much sense? Yeah, exactly. So-, and so
1: that's what experts need. Why right? they need you or mm-hmm. what I call a CSI, someone who knows how to ask these questions, who knows how to pay attention, how to activate that gene and make it like super awesome and juicy mm-hmm. um, to get this type of conversations going on. Otherwise, it's just more noise online.
0: Mm. So I'm going to use a, a something very specific because there is a. Uh, creator community podcasters and some YouTubers, some it's kind of a mix of both podcasters who want to, you know, are now on YouTube uh, as a platform and YouTubers who are now podcasting. It's such a <laughs> uh, fantastic, such an I- intriguing world we're living in right now. Um, So tell us about your, one of your activation programs uh, designed for podcasters. And as I, when we started the conversation, I had some questions around that. I'm also happy to project it if, if it's helpful, but uh, maybe tell us a, bit about this program i dropped it in the comment by the way it's called how podcast hosts can make money without podcasting and turn their curiosity into profit so please yeah and (laughs) so (laughs) um
1: so podcasters have this beautiful ability to uh to be curious about people right and you know more about podcasting in the podcasting world than i do but as i started (laughs) right I started reading into it and I was like okay wow it's very very hard to launch new podcasts uh, because even though the audience is growing the audience per new podcast is shrinking Mm -hmm. because people you know you're competing with Joe Rogan and you're competing Mm -hmm. with you know was it Downtown Abbey or something right The Daily, Mm -hmm. Alex Cooper so you're competing Mm -hmm. with them and podcast listeners are very loyal to the podcast that they're listening to right so for them to jump to a new one Mm-hmm. it's gonna to be tough right and so you have like all these i think it's like what three million podcasters now on spotify right so now you're mm-hmm. competing with three million podcasters that are just coming in to share their message and their passion and all that stuff monetizing this
0: is really hard no i confront it right away right? It is much it, easier. Even then it's still very hard, but podcasting, it's even harder in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Right. Cause you need either sponsorship, right. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for how many listeners per episode. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, so you need to grow your per episode listeners, but you can't get an audience because they're already listening to the podcast from five, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people quit, I think after the ninth pod- uh, podcast.
0: Cause yeah, just like, oh, episode. Yeah. absolutely. So um yeah so how do you convert their yeah. skills so so right now we're talking about people who want to become podcasters either fine they never start or they quit after the ninth episode and you have a message for them to be able to yeah. make money how, they're where, well, yeah, I feel I like know, I'm a step here
1: So take your curiosity, guys, Mm -hmm. take that, learn how to act. You already know how to reach out to experts, right? All you're missing Mm -hmm. is really how do you provide a conversation that achieves the expert's goals, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's just, you know, conversation, noise, content. But if you take the expert and you run a strategy with them going like, okay, what do you have? Where do you want to go? How can I help you get there? Right? And then you're having exactly the same conversation that you're having on a podcast, minor changes, right? So that it fits the strategy. You activate the gene, you get them into a state of flow. You, uh, You make it so that you lose track of time. And then you turn that into content that really promotes that expert's goals and you mm-hmm. get paid for it. So you really get paid to talk right yeah. now with no sponsorship and no courses and no merch and no affiliates and no audience and no none of that stuff, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All you need is really to be, Curious enough about that person, really interested in their goals and helping them achieve those goals, and you do that through this type of a conversation.
0: Yeah. So one thing that I have been doing for quite a number of years, I think I that part resonates with what you're sharing. So for me, for instance, as a someone in digital marketing, I work with a number of clients on Retainer and have been since 2016, 2018, 2019, and I know, like you said, it's hard. They're very busy. They're uh, very accomplished um entrepreneurs so every once a week i hop on these zoom calls and sometimes they have their fancy 4k camera laid out as well it doesn't really matter we're not here to focus on equipment Um, we record the conversation uh, and also you know my partner adam and i are working on pod intelligence for anybody who's interested so we then transcribe and, and be able to tease out the keywords audios videos right from that one hour content And, you know, what you're left with are, I don't want to say infinite, but dozens of these assets and we curate them, we put them together for social media. So that, that will be one route, um, you know, you're describing and it absolutely works. And it's, it's incredible. It's something that you have to introduce Mm -hmm. to the clients. And, you know, some of them may, may be very new or not uncomfortable. Be like, tell me more. Like, how does it, how does it work? And you demonstrate it through that conversation. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. So the challenge is, is that most people, every most people who are, doing anything online right now, don't have a strategy to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, let me post.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not posting enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It's about brand building. If you're looking at like uh, Gary V, he spent, I think 2017, he came out with a content model and mm-hmm. his content model was like, take a pillar content, piece of content, kind of like what you're saying, right? And cut mm-hmm. that into a billion pieces. Mm-hmm no, he like laid it out step-by-step, step, you know, everything like for free, just guys do it. Nobody did it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then he was like, okay, why are you guys not doing it? I spent like, you know, so much time and effort into this. You have all the information that you need. Why is anyone applying it? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to have a competition, you know, a contest, whoever's going to apply this is going to get something. Still, nobody does it. Why? A few reasons. Mm-hmm. One, it's hard to talk to a motionless camera. The way that Gary V is doing it, he's taking his keynotes. Well, Mm -hmm. how many of us are on a keynote? You know, have a keynote. How many of us are on panels? Mm -hmm. How many of us do that consistently enough so that we have content daily? So it all breaks from the top, right? We we don't have the pillar content. And so Gary goes like, okay, let me create VaynerMedia. uh, And I will do that for people. So for a starting point of $25,000 a month, you will come in and you will get your pillar and we'll cut it into two articles, four videos and stuff like that, right? Every mm-hmm. week. And by the end of three years, it's on his website. By the end of three years, after you've done that for three years, you'll be able to send some merch. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're not at the $25,000 level of Gary Vaynerjack, right? Right. But you want to have that specific model, you have to start from a pillar content. And that pillar content has to be applying to the strategy. What is it that you're promoting? A course, an email list, a podcast, uh, something, right? Like how how is the content that you're doing right now growing your business? Mm-hmm. And I think most people don't ask that question, right? It's just like, well, I need to be on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I can't be because I'm not consistent. Let me hire someone. And now it's generic and nobody connects to me because... I'm just like everybody else.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. And I'm going to just tease out a couple of questions and we'll go back to, uh, you know, understanding the three k guarantee, like how you're able to make not one, two, three hundred dollars, but you're actually able to generate a real income from the strategy. But first, there's a question from Adam. Um, Hi, Adam. How could, <laughs> yeah. Yay! So how could someone decide if they should or could start a business around their passion or keep it just as a hobby?
1: So, you know, a business is, uh, okay, a business will be something that um, you will dedicate your time to. It's not going to be just baking cupcakes because you're going to need marketing and accounting and salespeople and (laughs) website, Mm -hmm. all the other stuff that make the fact that you enjoy baking cupcakes, you know valuable, profitable, and pays the bills and takes a lot of time. So most people, when they start that, they basically replace their existing job with a job that they own, right? It's not a real business. Now, if you Mm -hmm. leave the business, if you stop doing it, then it's gone. Like, right, there's there's no money, like a job. If you don't work for a certain amount of hours, then you're not going to get money. So I would say if you can monetize it, right, if it brings you money, Mm-hmm. Then you can focus all your time on it. If it's not, keep it as a hobby. Have something that generates money. While that's going, Just try to build this one. While mm-hmm. this becomes bigger than this, then you can drop this and become this.
0: Yeah, that answers. Well, no, it's a great question. And same thing for me. I mean, I you know, I was 30 years old when I started my podcast. So my real, my realistic expectation was, okay, I'm really doing this for fun. I'm trying to learn new things, connect with new people. And it was not generating any money for me because that also wasn't my expectation. I wasn't treating it as a business until things started to really, there's a turning point for me, not because of ads. I still have zero ad on my podcast, but instead it was people who are uh, people who I interviewed, like Ifa said, their friends and connections, some of my listeners uh, reach out to me to say, Oh, I need some help with digital marketing. And I I said, What do you think that is? And they kind of uh, explain that based on the way that I'm talking about, you know, the business I was doing. So at the beginning, I was like designing websites, helping them find their message, creating content. And later on, it turned into um, a business. So I do have a follow up question to what Adam asked um, as well, if I'd, I would love to hear your take on, you know, people always say niche down, find your focus, whereas, frankly, for me, that advice didn't really work out as well, because I didn't at the beginning, at least I didn't have the one thing that could really generate significant amount of revenue for me. I'm living in Boston, you know, if I, you're in New York, right? I didn't I'll confirm stand. Yeah. Austin, of course, you did tell me. So that's not a cheap place to live either. Yeah. And I I find that as I'm growing and learning to be a creative entrepreneur, I started to pick up different skills. And also a lot of my expertise were activated by different <laughs> people, literally throughout my journey. So, uh, you know, therefore, I was trying different things along the way, I was adding something to something existing that was working for me. So I kind of, pivoted a number of times. Does this sound normal to you, to your experience, or do you think people should really focus on that one thing and make it blossom? I think there are different type of
1: people, right? I'm I'm the same as you. Like my resume is, you know, a mile and a half long. I've done everything that you can think about. Uh, Just because I was curious, I'm like, oh, what, you know, like I get a job to learn it, not to actually learn something and then get a job, Uh, Mm -hmm. which my son's dad hates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, the difference between Americans and Israelis. I'm like, pay me to learn. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, right? <laughs> but but I think that makes you a much more rounded person. Mm-hmm. And also, when you're young, you can do that. Why not? I mean, like, who says you have to know everything that you want to do at 30? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the challenge now is like we are <laughs> when we started. Social media was like in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so email marketing really worked, or just blogging really worked, or you know, just YouTube being like the first person at YouTube. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it's much harder and people are looking for the shortcuts. And I think mm-hmm. that's the problem. Like how long did it take you to get to where you are?
0: Mm-hmm. Right? It's
1: not an overnight success.
0: Absolutely not. No.
1: And it mm-hmm. has a lot to do with your mindset and your mm-hmm. skills, and what you've tried, and who do you know, and how mm-hmm. comfortable you are in going like, listen, I'm now at the point where it's worth $5,000, mm-hmm.
0: right?
1: Most people, when they start, it's like, can I ask mm-hmm. for 100 I yeah, was like, that, answer,
0: A lot of hesitation around asking for money now, um, yeah. you know, at a point, and I've been doing this as a really my own business LLC, there's an LLC question coming up, but I started my LLC Uh, in January 2016. um, But I I had been doing kind of just working with my friends on the side building skills since I was in college and certainly very actively since like 2010, 2011. Um, Absolutely. It's a long game, guys. And so um, Artora asks, what are your thoughts on creating an LLC versus staying a sole proprietor?
1: I'm not an accountant. Mm -hmm. but from what I know I got an LLC it's $300 you do it on your own on the website you don't need anything aside of that and it will protect your personal assets if something Mm -hmm. ever to happen so uh, you don't need a lawyer and you don't Mm -hmm. need accountant none of that you just go online whatever state you're in and you're like Texas LLC (laughs) (laughs) name of your company right $300 and you got LLC two days later in the mail it's like you know it's a cover your ass kind
0: of thing. Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely agree. You know, something happens between you and a particular client. There are a lot of things that you just can't, you know, prevent or avoid. And luckily for me, I've never really gotten into any legal issues. Um, but if there is, right, people can't come to your house to say, oh, well, now your house is ours, your car. There's no division between you and your business. And that could be a, a really big problem. So um, in Massachusetts, it's $500 a year. And, <laughs> you know, it's not cheap. But at the same time, when you have a real business, that also becomes your business expenses, right? Um, so it's it's fantastic. So I'm going to go back to the the core question on the landing page that I shared earlier, which is following this path uh, that EFAD has laid out. You said there's a guaranteed three thousand dollar. I I always get a little nervous whenever I, I first of all for my business I don't guarantee anything. The reason is I can't control what the client is willing is or isn't doing and luckily for me they're fantastic but i still don't use the word guarantee but i want you to explain where that comes from
1: yeah and so it's a conditional guarantee right same thing if you don't do the work then i can't guarantee you're going to make the money right mm-hmm. just be showing up nothing but if you do the work and by the end of 90 days you have not made the money i personally will pay you back the difference from what you paid and the three thousand dollars but you have to do the work if you do the work People have done it before. They made way over $3,000. That's how I know for sure that you will make that much money uh, once you apply it. So I know right now things are kind of, you know, financially and we don't know what to trust and this is very hard and what if it doesn't work and I just lost my money and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I want to remove that fear of like, what if it doesn't happen? If it doesn't happen, you'll get paid back. So, um, but you have to apply. If you don't apply, you void your guarantee, right? You void your warranty if you don't apply. So if you want to start making $3,000 each and every month while working very, very little with just few clients, this might be the thing for you. Uh, If you're really curious, love talking to people, uh, started your podcasting journey and realized like, I need some income to make this going. Um, you can make a lot of money monetizing skills that you already have. All you need to do is figure out um, how do I activate the gym? What do I offer? How do I make it so – how do I deliver first-class experience so that when I go like, hey, you want to stay first-class or do you want to go back to coach? People are like, ah, yeah, I don't want coach. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I want to first-class. Uh, and it's very interesting, Faye, because I see it with my uh, with my clients – they're working, they're starting out with people who go like, yeah, I just want to try it out and I don't know and I don't have money. Mm-hmm. And, blah, blah. Um, and then those guys are bending backward over to be like, OK, how do I work with you? Because this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. So what's nice about this process is that even though it's very simple, and you can apply it right away. And in fact, I have people who may who got two clients after two days of taking the course, and double that a week later. So finding mm. clients is not hard. Finding clients that you love is hard. How do you know who do I want to work with? Who do I not want to work with? Can they afford me? Can they not afford me?
0: How do you find? Uh, how do you quickly identify clients uh, who are? worthy of your time and who can obviously also clearly pay for the rate that you're comfortable with
1: yeah so there are two questions uh there are five but they're like the two main ones right Mm -hmm. is um what are you selling right if you're selling a two thousand three thousand dollar offer then you will a one sale will cover the whole thing right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you're selling that and you've sold that, not like, hey, I'm putting it, I'm thinking about it, we'll see, right? I'm in the beginning. If you're already selling a $3,000 offer, that means you have a funnel, you have a way, you know what you're doing, people are paying you. So much easier to work with people like that than people who are just starting out and going like, yeah, I don't know who my audience is. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a website. I haven't really, you know, tested my messaging. I kind of think that I'm on this, but I'm not really sure. If you want to work with these people, I have clients who go like, I just want to be helpful, right? So if you want to work with these people, then both of you need to know it's going to be a long journey, right? It's not going to be quick return on investment. If you're the kind of guy who likes to show results right away, find the people who can get the results right away, right? What if you send them leads and everything and they don't know how to close them?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big problem for, right? yeah, for the, for the, since you mentioned funnel um, and I want to just maybe talk about that a little bit because a lot of people, and uh, as you could imagine, will struggle with just building that first one, two, three clients. And I don't know what your strategies would be, but what has worked out really well for me, for instance, which is not news to a lot of people are number one, eight years ago, I started the podcast and I was very carefully picking who I was talking to, not always just famous people. I got a couple of, you know, I got a few, maybe a dozen dozen fairly recognized people, but the rest, two, 300 people are you know people you probably never heard of and uh, have their own expertise. And then they're very kind, open their doors and we're good friends, but that took a long time. And that's a really good funnel, by the way, like, even if they can, they, they don't want to need to hire me. They don't, you know, they don't have that need themselves. They're always very open to referring me to other people. Now, There's another engine very powerful for me now since 2019 is my YouTube channel, which has probably recently surpassed over 2 million views. And I have very targeted content. So people watch this, they will hire me. I mean, I have consulting calls, paid schedule even before this call, for instance. So if people don't have the podcast or the YouTube channel and they have follow your program, taken the course, where do they start? What is that immediate next step? So there are...
1: 10 ways of getting clients. I'll share Mm -hmm. the easiest one. Uh, The easiest one is your friends and family. So (laughs) I call it kind of like being in a city where all the houses are on fire and you're the only one with a fire truck in town, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just going around. So if you're in a city, the entire city is on fire. You're the only one with a fire truck. Are you first going to go to a stranger or are you going to go to your friends and family first and go like, hey, you guys with the buckets, When my hose? right? Mm-hmm. And if they're like, no, we're good with the buckets. Okay. Here's the next story mm-hmm. house, right? But you first want to help the people that you know, because mm-hmm. they already know, like, and trust you, right? Mm-hmm. So the conversation is not like, buy my shit, shit, because that's mm-hmm. what everybody's doing. The conversation is like, hey, are you struggling, right? Like, I know you're a dentist. I know, I know you're a chiropractor. I know you have mm-hmm. your own business. I know you're doing this. How's that going, mm-hmm. right? Like, Where's the friction? Let me just find out whether there's a friction. And I'll tell you, just that conversation of going like, okay, you have a problem? Let me help you for free, right? Let me just show you that I can help, Mm -hmm. Um, right? That builds the trust and the conversation and everything. When I was going live, um, I would bring people in to talk to me in real time right? Like ask me anything you want. Mm -hmm. And this lady that I've never met jumps on from LinkedIn. She happened to be available. She happened to watch the thing. She comes in from LinkedIn. She asks a question. Um, I answer the question and I'm very big on don't build your home on rented properties. So I go live everywhere, but I send everybody to my website. So she comes Mm -hmm. to my website and in order to get on the show, she puts her information. So after the show is over, I follow up and I go like, did I answer all your questions? And she goes like, kind of. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's jump on a call and let's see if I can answer the ones that I didn't answer, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking and she's telling me what she needs. And I'm like, I don't have a program for that. Like, I don't have a service for that. How am I going to help you? Let me think about this, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, I think about it. I come back and I'm like, okay, here's what I can do. From a cold client that met me one time, one call, $10,000, mm-hmm. $1,500 a month. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I can solve a friction. She has a problem. I can solve the problem. I can do it. If I couldn't solve the problem, be like, look, I can't solve it. But my friend, he -hmm. can solve it. Go talk to him, right? So the easiest way to find clients is have a conversation and say, where is the friction, right? And friction is not something that you kind of like, eh, maybe one day I want to grow into something. Friction is like, I'm trying to move and something is blocking me and I'm not moving as fast mm-hmm. as I want because there's friction, right?
0: There's pain, that? there's pain. You're selling right? painkillers, now vitamins, right? Exactly, How right? Well, where's now? the
1: fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And, and if there's no fire, awesome, right? If they're struggling with flood, you're mm-hmm. not a flood insurance, right? You're a fire truck. Mm-hmm. So you have having these conversations. And as you have these conversations, all you need is one or two people, honestly, right? To get started. Mm -hmm. You get started, you give them the first class experience and you say, you want to continue? I I can't tell you how many friends of mine, I needed some, uh, um, samples for what I was doing. And I was like, Hey, let me do one for you Mm -hmm. because I want to show my guys how it's done. Right. And they're like, okay, well, how do I work with you? This is really cool. Maybe I can send my team. Maybe you can work with this because when you relieve the pain, then people don't want to go back to the pain. Why do they want to Mm -hmm. continue working with you? So Mm -hmm. much easier than going like, listen, I have a course. Listen, I have a product. (laughs) Listen, don't you want to try my thingy? Right? Mm -hmm. So much easier than that.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. And this is something that I, I hope people will put into practice as well. That uh, when you start your conversation with family and friends and also, you know, local businesses and people who actually know you, that is much more effective than sending somebody a tweet or a random email that may just land, who knows, trash or spam. So I think some of the these days, whether it's face to face or someone you just know, a text, a, a direct email is really helpful, and I have to say that you know I think you for people who love business in general find it so much easier. Uh, I I find myself to have always really liked business, like learning these things. Um, uh, yeah, so just you know start somewhere. So love to respect your time too, Ifad. I, I what are some of the things that you wanted to talk about? Maybe we haven't really gotten into. I know we got really deep into this particular offering this is here. Fun.
1: Uh, yeah. I get out over this. So you see, like, this is it, right? Like, this is how you mm-hmm. activate the gene. You get to geek out with people about the stuff that you that you both enjoy. Mm-hmm. I know you and I love martial arts, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> and just so many other things, sleep and stuff, right? So, uh, by the way, one of the really cool things you're asking how to meet people, you and I mm-hmm. met through a shared friend, right? Yeah. And it was because I was like, hey, uh, Michael, I this is what I'm doing. Do you think mm-hmm. it will benefit anyone? Mm-hmm. You can do exactly the same thing. You go to your friends and family and go like, you know, you don't have a fire. You know, anyone else's house is on fire that I can help them, you know, mm-hmm. send in my way. And now you're not messaging strangers on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I think if we change the mindset from selling to serving, mm-hmm. right, then life becomes so much easier.
0: Absolutely. And same thing goes for the communities you were, were part of as well. Um, you know, I was part of Seth Godin's L10BA. You know, I grew very close to Dory Clark and her group. And not only that you're now having introductions and, but you also, you're part of a group with shared belief systems. And that is huge. You know, yeah. um, I love the fact that I I am now working with clients in their, uh, you know, 50s and 60s, uh, you know, well into their 60s. And they don't see it as, oh, I want to retire, live on a golf course and do nothing. And, all of them have the shared mindset of how can, can we be off service and continue to contribute and grow. So yeah. when you're part of the community, you don't have to explain yourself. You can geek out and yeah. you're kind of operating the same wavelength. You feel good and you save so much time. So this is fantastic. Thank you so much for calling that out.
1: Yeah. yeah you know, it's, uh, if, if there's one thing I can leave you guys with mm-hmm. is don't believe the hype. Mm-hmm. Why nobody, <laughs> nobody, uh, um, did it overnight. It's years. Mm-hmm. Nobody did it on their own. Nobody figured everything out. Nobody knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we're in communities. That's why we get support. That's why uh, we're talking to each other. And so you have time, you can do it. Find the people that you want to walk the journey with and just enjoy the journey because by the end of it, we die. Right with a million bucks, with a hundred bucks, we die. So that make sure, <laughs> right? Make sure the path to the you know to the tombstone was enjoyable.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's very very important. Um, absolutely, this is a not a rehearsal. So yeah, <laughs> yeah live your best life and, and take a few risks here and there, uh, measured, calculated risks and. Yeah. I think exactly like the program that you're talking about you and the way that you approach you know waiting for something to actually generate an income replicating that and just tread you know tread lightly calculated risks are fantastic I think that's all I've ever done in my life so. Uh, This has been such a uh, wonderful conversation. I'm so grateful to Michael Roderick who introduced us. And I look forward to continuing into absolutely not just the near future, but let's play the long game and and hopefully to partner on a number of projects together.
1: That'll be fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. All right. Bye, life people.